Hi, I'm Brandon Poe, founder of Poe Group Advisors and creator of the Accounting Practice Academy. You are listening to the Accountant's Flight Plan Podcast, where we talk about stuff in the accounting world. If you're looking to buy or sell a practice, we are the premier accounting practice intermediary firm in the industry. Check us out at pogroupadvisors.com. If you're a firm owner looking to build a more profitable practice while actually reducing owner hours, sign up for our practice management workshop, which only runs a few times per year. Learn more at accountingpracticeacademy.com. Welcome to the Accountant's Flight Plan podcast. I'm excited to have Jordan Victory on again. And Jordan uh, is the marketing director at Troika. And uh, he's an experienced market leader with 10 years of working in the accounting profession. Uh, he previously worked with brands including Pixie and Ignition. And now he helps both accounting firms and accounting tech vendors to grow in his role as the marketing director at Troika. Uh, he serves as head of content at Digital Accountancy Show, the UK's biggest conference for leading digital accounting firms. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can tell. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what's going on in the accounting world, especially with um, you know this staffing challenge that's happening. It's it's uh, I'm sure it's affecting marketing, and so I'd like to uh, help our audience know you a little bit better. Uh, just tell me a little bit about your background and how you chose marketing for accountants. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on, Brennan. Really appreciate it. Um, I was never actually destined to be a marketer. Believe it or not, I was destined to go and work uh, as a tax consultant for one of the big four. Um, but at the time realized that it sounded like way too much fun and that I was probably going to have, you know, enjoy that role too much. So I decided to venture out and to do something different and fell into marketing almost by accident because I had a clothing brand when I was at university with a friend. We we printed T-shirts and jumpers and sold them to friends in, in university that we knew. And we made a bit of money and we spent some money on Facebook and got to know how to use social media fairly well. And that's kind of how I initially got into marketing and fell into a marketing role working with a coacher in the UK who at the time was transitioning his coaching business to work with accounting firms. And then I was reintroduced to the world of accounting. Um, so for the last 10 years, I've worked in marketing and growth roles uh, for various different companies. Um, most of the time, it's been working with software vendors. So um, heading up marketing or leading marketing campaigns within software companies, typically working with accountants. Um, I've spent some time working with the guys at Digital Accountancy Show, like you mentioned. That's the the, the biggest tech conference here in the UK for digital accountants. We're, we're expecting 2,000 uh, firms to join us uh, this year in June at our new home in London. Um, and then what I'm also working on is um, as the marketing director at Troika, and we're an agency that specialises in working both with accounting firms, but also accounting tech vendors and to help them to understand better how to work with accountants and how to target the accounting channel. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, should accounting firms still be marketing, even though a lot of them have more work than they can say grace over? Should all firms be marketing? Um, I, I think there's there's certain things all firms should have in place. So they should have things like a good website in place, you know, Um I think that's important, but should all firms be marketing? No, I don't think so. Honestly, um, like you say, right, like a number of firms are seriously struggling to hire staff right now and they've got so much work coming in from their existing clients that actually marketing probably doesn't make any sense. 
And if you sit down and have a conversation about what are your goals as a firm, you know, how much are you looking to grow? The reality is that maybe that growth could come in the form of a few extra referrals from your existing clients. Maybe that growth could come in the form of selling some additional services to your existing clients, perhaps where you're not doing that already. Um, I spoke to a firm the back end of last year based in the States, and they added something like 150 to 200K in an annual fees to their uh, revenue just through selling more to their existing clients. Um, so they're both you know, perfectly fine ways of growing without even needing to think about marketing. And then you've also got acquisitions as an option, right? Like you don't need to you don't need to be actively marketing. If you've got quite ambitious growth goals, then you could also just go straight down the acquisition route and and, and avoid that altogether. So, you know, I, there's a number of marketing coaches out there that might say everybody needs to be marketing. And it probably sounds strange for somebody that runs a marketing agency for accounts, uh, accountants to say, no, you don't need to be marketing. But I think you've got to be honest about the situation. Not everybody needs to. And it really depends on what are the goals of your business. Yeah, I like that. And you're right. It is odd for a marketer to say, maybe you don't need to market. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think it's, um, it's, it is important to have a good website, if nothing else, to attract good staff. You know, that could be an element of staff attraction, right? Like, yeah. And, and even having things like simple things, like a, a good careers page, the amount of accounting firm websites I've seen that don't even have a careers page. So there's no opportunity for potential staff to find out more about the firm, your personality, the types of clients you work with, what existing team members working there have to say about working with you. And I think that's a huge missed opportunity and it, it, it falls under brand and marketing, right? Like having that in place for people to see is really important. And if you look at some of the firms that are maybe not struggling as much when it comes to recruitment, these are typically the people that are active on social media. They're putting their brand out there to the world. They have a careers page that showcases how great it is to work at the firm, the things that they do differently to other traditional firms. And the result of that is that they're getting people coming to them, asking to work with them, maybe when they don't even have vacancies. Right. So it's almost like marketing, uh, it seems like in this profession with a staffing shortage, you could just apply these tactics and tell me if I'm wrong. You could apply the client acquisition tactics to staff acquisition tactics. A hundred percent. Like I, I, I think for, for for most accounting firms, if if you're pursuing marketing, one of the personas that you're marketing for is future staff members. Um, the type of content you you create to attract those people is going to be different to the type of content you create to attack, uh, attract potential clients. But it's marketing in the same way that that you would do that, right? It's the same process. It's about creating content that that is going to be interesting and valuable for them, putting it out in the right places for them to find it. Interesting. Yeah, it's a it's a a new game with with staffing the way it is. So very very interesting. And I like what you said too that the firms that aren't having trouble with attracting staff are doing these things and probably somewhat consistently, I would imagine. Um, yeah, they are. But and they live and breathe it, right? It's it's very authentic. It doesn't feel forced. It's not like somebody saying, go post on social media and it's going to fix your staffing issues overnight. It, it, it almost comes very naturally to them where they say, hey, like we want to put our brand out there and make make it very obvious that we are doing things differently here and that people should come and work for us. And I think that that pays off and, you know, they're clearly seeing results from it. Yeah, cool. What What do you think firms you know, in terms of mistakes that you've seen, what are the biggest mistakes firms make when marketing? 
Um, I would say the biggest mistake is is starting without a strategy or a plan. So typically what happens, having spoke to a, a number of firms and reviewed um, a lot of marketing that other people are doing, people tend to start by just posting on social media or writing content mm -hmm. for their blog, which isn't inherently wrong. You know, it's good to be doing those things and to be active. The issue is that they typically post and write about the wrong things or they post and write things in the wrong places. And that's because they don't have a coherent strategy or plan in place to begin with. So they're almost starting with the tactical end of marketing, which is the doing, like let's create content, let's run an event. But they've not really taken time to take a step back and say, what are we actually trying to achieve here? So like going back to the earlier point about what are the goals of the business? Like, do you need to be doing marketing at all right now? If you do, like based on the goals, great. Like let's understand who the target market is. Let's really refine what the ideal client persona looks like. You know, who is that business owner? Um, are they small businesses, large businesses? Are they in a particular niche or sector? Um, what kind of challenges are they facing that you can help them with? And once you've got an understanding of that, that's when you can then decide, well, great. Like where do we need to be marketing to reach these people? What's the most effective marketing channels we can use? Is it social media? Is it email? Is it exhibiting at events and conferences? So it's really about taking a step back and doing all of that hard work first, because once you've done that, the rest is almost easy. Like it's it's easy to create content. It's easy to put stuff on social media, but creating stuff that actually generates client inquiries and results is much harder. And typically mm -hmm. the reason that doesn't happen is because people don't have a strategy. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, you're exactly right. I mean, we've, we've, um, you know, we rolled out Accounting Practice Academy in 2020. And I remember um, our director, I said, we've we've built a really good workshop. It's going to be really good. Now we got to figure out how to market it because yeah. it's different than marketing our brokerage services. It's a different persona and they have different, um, different pain points and different goals and you know, just understanding all those is it has taken some time. And even even with I think a pretty good plan and strategy, we've had to really learn that that part of the market. It's interesting how the that I think too, you've got to be able to somehow test things out, what's working and what's not. And so you've got to have some flexibility of like, okay, we're gonna try these things. We might try five things, two will work, three won't. So we need to have some kind of understanding uh, a measurement on that and so that we can kill off the stuff that doesn't work and reallocate. So I think it's a it's it's a consistent effort, right? Consistency is huge. And like you said about testing, I'll speak to firms sometimes that we we realize that marketing is something they need to do. And then you'll recommend a cadence of creating content and they go, well, that, that sounds like a lot. Like, what about doing one a month? And the issue with one a month is that you don't learn quick enough. And like you say, like with marketing, you're constantly learning about what works and what doesn't work. So if you're posting something once a month and somebody else is doing something once a week, who's going to learn faster and be able to improve faster? It's going to be the person doing it more often, right? Um, so you have to be consistent and you have to constantly be looking for feedback in, in how you do things and tweak things and constantly like looking to evolve what you're doing so that it performs better. Uh, and that's the, like for, for us, that's one of the great things of just working with accounting firms because we can see what's working with other firms and we can apply that same playbook and methodology to firms that join us. And then we can test and tweak it with those guys. And it's, it's all shared learnings. Everything we're doing is like shared yeah. learnings that we can apply for everybody. Yeah, the road to success is much 
quicker <laughs> and shorter, really shorter because you've already done a lot of the learning to get. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Um, so what do you feel like, um, yeah, we talked about some of the downside of, of not doing that. What's the biggest opportunity? What do you feel like, um, for, for marketers out there in the space, where are the opportunities? You mentioned cross-selling referrals. Um, I, yeah, I think there's, I think there's quick wins. I think quick wins are refining your referrals process. Most firms will say we grow through word of mouth and referrals, but if you ask them when when the last time they asked for a referral was, they'll probably tell you either never or maybe a few months ago. Um, so I think having some improvement to that referral system always helps. Also having a, a system for capturing client feedback and reviews. So um, you know, capturing Google reviews can really, really help if you've got a local focus. So if you're trying to optimize for local searches and win businesses in your local area, then getting a, a ton of good Google reviews can really help with that. So having a process of capturing those on a regular basis from clients is another really nice quick win. You can normally automate that kind of process within a, a workflow system or a practice management system. Um, but then beyond that, I think the opportunities, it's it's huge, right? Like it's, it's as big as you want it to be. Um, there's not that many accounting firms at all across the globe. And I'm working with clients in the UK, the US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand that have cracked marketing and that are doing it well. I think there's a huge opportunity for accounting firms globally to just to, to put themselves out there and to share what they're doing differently. Because like one of the things I know from working with a number of firms is that there are a lot of incredible firms that do things very different to what you would perceive a traditional accountant to do, but they don't shout about it. They don't say Here's what we're doing differently. You can't find that information on their website. It's not apparent in the way that they present themselves and the messaging that they share. And I, I think that's a huge missed opportunity because they are really doing things differently and shaking up the profession and helping their clients in ways that other businesses just aren't getting that level of support. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think they're afraid to, to reveal their secrets or do you think there's some of that in the profession at all? Like, I think there's an element of being reserved that maybe maybe comes natural to certain accountants. Mm, um, yeah. But at the same time, I think it's just not knowing how to do it well. Like maybe they're not quite sure what the, the correct process of sharing it should be. Um, like one of the easiest ways to share it is through client success stories. Um, mm -hmm. I don't see many accounting firms that have client case studies or client success stories on there. Some do and some are great and you can you can learn so much from them. But again, that's another huge missed opportunity for people to just go to their clients and say, hey, like, let's do a 30 minute conversation. Let's talk about all the things we've helped you with and what the outcome has been in terms of tax save, cash generated, businesses growing X amount, leverage that. And that, that says enough, right? Oh, uh, yeah. And you're so right. I have, I have I've not observed that. But now that you mention it because I've looked at a lot of websites for CPAs and yeah. yeah, you're right. There are not that many video testimonials. You'll see the occasional like statement testimonial, but not the video sort of case study or the longer format type of testimonial. Interesting. Yeah. And that's such an important part of marketing. You know, if you're, yeah. especially in online marketing, re referral marketing is very different. If, if somebody gives you a, a referral, that's already a, a warm introduction, you know, you don't need to put case studies in front of them. You need to have a conversation, establish whether there's a good fit. And the likelihood is that if the fit's right and, you know, the offer's right, that they're, they're going to 
they're going to work with you. But in the online marketing world, you don't have that warm introduction. So you have to build up trust through content and through other means. And client case studies and client successes are an incredible way of doing that because it almost acts in the same way like a referral. It's somebody endorsing how you work. So without those, you're almost missing that kind of very warm piece that's needed. Yeah, yeah, it's a great point. And also you mentioned referrals, like, and Matt Wilkinson at BizInc always says this, one of your cohorts, and that what's the first thing someone does when they hear about you through a referral? Check the website. Check the website. <laughs> yeah. So, um, value ladder. Tell us what that what that means. Yeah. So people might be familiar with the term value ladder if they follow internet marketers like Russell Brunson. But but our take on a value ladder for accounting firms is somewhat different. So if you look at the target market for most firms, regardless of what sector you you want to work with or what type of business. You can roughly break down the target market into three categories. That is now clients, maybe clients, and future clients. So now clients represent 2% of the market. And these are people that have an absolute burning need to work with you today. So maybe something their existing accountant or bookkeeper has done has really you know, pissed them off and they need to change immediately. Maybe they just see the incredible value in what you do and they need to work with you today. Now, that only represents 2% of the market. So those are the people that are likely going to book in for a conversation or submit a contact us form. The reality is that pretty much like 98% of accounting firm websites, the only call to action on that website is talk to us or fill out a contact us form, which means out of your overall target market, there's only going to be 2% of people that might actually take that action. So what about the other 98%? What are you going to do with those people? Because they're not going to book a call with you today. They're not going to fill out a contact us form. So you need to be able to cater to those. So if we take a step down from now clients and get to maybe clients, this represents 8% of the market. Now, these are people that in the short term might have a need to work with you. So they have a need, but maybe they're not quite sure about working with you, or maybe they're not quite sure it's worth switching accountants, but they're likely to consider it in the next three to six months. So what you need in order to capture this part of the market is a lead generating asset. Now, that's basically a piece of content that you can put behind a landing page so you get their contact information in exchange for it. And it doesn't mean you create a really basic, vague, here are 10 ways to save tax guide. It means you create a content, a, a piece of content that speaks specifically to the pain points of that business owner, but also bridges into how you can help, how you, you're uniquely positioned to help solve those pain points. So an example might be that if you're an accounting firm and you want to work with marketing agencies, one of the biggest challenges in marketing agencies is managing profitability. You know, pretty much every agency on the planet struggles with that. So as an accounting firm, you know, working with that target market, the downloadable piece of content you could create could almost be a guide or a checklist to improving profitability in an agency business. Now, as an agency owner myself, if I saw that, it's going to get my, uh, it's going to appear my interest. I'm likely going to go and download that. That then means that the accounting firm has my contact details and they can then nurture that relationship over time. They could send me case studies. They could send me tips. They could send me advice. And eventually when my need to change accountants or work with somebody different becomes uh, enough, they're the people that I'm likely to then book a call with. So that's the middle ladder. And then the bottom rung of the ladder, which is future clients, this represents 90% of the target market. So the majority of these people will likely never work with you. That's just a fact of life. You're never going to work with the entire target market. But what you need to be able to do is just to be able to stay in touch with these people and let them know who you are. 
And we find that the best way to do that is to have a weekly newsletter because typically across most industries, email is still the best channel to stay in touch with people. The majority of business owners will still check their email inbox. They might not check LinkedIn as much. They might not be on any other social media channels, but they typically always go to their email. So having a weekly email newsletter that you can send out once a week, delivering a, a really simple piece of value, a tip, an idea, just to help them think differently about how they're doing things in their business is a great way of helping them to know you, to like you and trust you. And once somebody knows, likes and trusts you enough, guess who they're going to choose to be the next accountant as and when the time arises. So in summary, the value ladder is basically like weekly newsletter at the bottom, which is for future clients, lead generating asset in the middle, which is for the maybe clients. And then at the top for the now clients, you just make it super simple for them to be able to book in for a conversation with you. So ideally lose the contact us form, have some kind of diary booking link where they can schedule a time. Yeah, love it. Yeah, I'd never heard it called that, the value ladder. I've heard it called funnels, you know, and I guess, um, but it's an interesting- the, the, reason we, the reason we don't call it a funnel is because um, a, a funnel almost implies one way in, one way out, like a linear yeah. direction. Whereas with the value ladder, people can jump on and off at different times depending on their needs. Because the reality is that I don't start at the top and finish at the bottom because my needs yeah. are changing on a, day, a, a daily basis. Like what's important for me today could be very different next week because something else in the business has come up and suddenly my priorities have shifted and you know, getting a new accountant to fix pr profitability is not high on my to-do list. Whereas recruiting two new team members because two of them just left is, is huge for me. So thinking about it like a value ladder almost makes it easy for people to jump on and jump off at different points, depending on, on how needy it is for them at, at, you know, at that point in time. So if you can optimize your website, your social media channels and anywhere else that people are likely spending time with all three of these call to actions, that just means that they can almost self-diagnose and say, nah, yeah. not so much of a need today, subscribe to the newsletter or shit, I really need to sort this out. I'm going to book a call with this guy and, and fix it. Yeah. I love it. Um, so what should firms look at when they're thinking about working with a marketing agency or, or a freelancer? Um, that's a good question. I would say, do, do they specialize in working with accountants to begin with? I think there are definitely nuances when it comes to marketing for accounting firms that, you know, things that work well in other industries don't translate very well for firms. So there's a number of people that have tried building what you would class as a typical online sales funnel. So running Facebook ads to a landing page where people can book in for a conversation. It doesn't work that well for accountants just because for certain size businesses, they're not going to change accountants based on seeing a Facebook ad and completing a form. Right. Uh, there needs to be a little bit more involved in there. It's almost like a more considered like buying decision. Um, so I'd say definitely do your homework and see if they've got any experience of working with other accounting firms, because if they haven't, then it's likely that they're going to need upskilling and on a lot of knowledge around how accounting firms work, the types of things that you guys help clients with, the things that you need to be talking about to attract the right types of clients, but also how people you know come to work with you and what that process looks like. Um, and then the second thing I would say is if anybody promises you a result within a certain amount of time, so 30 leads in 30 days, just run. Because what that means is they're giving you something that's completely cookie cutter without any understanding about your business, your clients, and your goals. So one of the, the first things we do with all of our clients is that research and strategy phase to establish what are the goals, 
what does the strategy need to look like in order to get us there? And then once we've got that in mind, we can start to set some initial targets based on our understanding of the work we're going to be doing. But there's no way that we can promise up from you're going to get 20 clients in the next three months because we'd be lying, you know, we and we don't want to lie to our clients. And if, and if any marketer says, you know, you can get this result in this time, I, I would hesitate. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's, well, it's such a, <clears throat> it's such a, it needs to be a tailored process, like you said, and because every firm's different, they're they have different sorts of clients, they have different skill sets, different offerings, um, you know. So no, I I get it. That's great advice. Um, all right, a couple of wrap up questions, and we'll finish off for today. Uh, I always like to ask people what they're reading. Uh, any any good books? Uh, that you're into right now yeah there's two actually i've got on the go um one of them is called the one thing by gary keller I'm not sure if you're familiar with that one i've heard um, that one it's a great book it's i mean the, the concept of it is really simple is that you should focus on one thing um instead of multiple things and focusing on that one thing and doing it really really well and consistently is likely going to deliver the most results for you in business and in life um, and then the second book that I'm re- rereading actually for a second time is called Key Person of Influence by a guy called Daniel Priestley, um, which is a really, really interesting take on how to establish yourself as an influential person within a particular industry. So mm-hmm. his take on it is that within every industry, there are circles of influence. And in order to become a key person of influence, as he calls it, you you always need to break into those circles and there's ways to do that. Um, strategically so it's, it's it's a really interesting one if you're thinking about you know breaking into a new sector or a new niche and trying to get established there because that can that can take time you know it can take years to build authentic relationships wow yeah that sounds very interesting i might be interested in picking that one up myself um awesome well jordan this has been this has been great a uh, lot of a lot of great information in a short amount of time uh yeah. what's the best way for people to follow you the best place would be on linkedin so if you just search for jordan vickery i'm sure we can share the url in the show notes yeah um i also write a weekly newsletter that i send out every friday with a simple actionable tip for accounting firms to implement when it comes to their marketing so pretty straightforward advice as you hopefully got from some of the things i've shared on this podcast no fluff no you know tactics that are going to generate results overnight just straightforward marketing concepts that you can hopefully implement and and see results from awesome all right we'll have to share the url for that on the show notes too Um, yeah we'll do okay awesome thanks well thank you jordan thanks for listening to the accountants flight plan podcast if you like what you heard today please follow us so that you can get updates when new episodes are released and share our podcast with your friends and colleagues you can also follow Poe Group Advisors on social media. Please visit our website for more information at pogroupadvisors.com.